What is up, team? Welcome back to the Red Storm Rapid Reaction Podcast. We had the music on loop, Cole. Um, I'm Pat Kane. I'm joined again by Cole Latshaw. Here to talk about another disappointing loss by St. John's. Maybe not unexpected if you've been following along this year, but uh, disappointing nonetheless, especially considering, you know, I'll just start this off with my opening thoughts. St. John's had that game, you know, steadily in hand. They were up 55-48, and this is after their Cabello ejection and double technical and they took a little bit of a step forward after that, which I thought was was a good sign. And then whatever happened, happened, Cole. And before you knew it, Seton Hall was in command. They were up six or seven points. They ended up winning by 12 points. They outscored us 36 to 17 in the last 11 minutes of that game. Yeah, it's just uh, unbelievable. Like you said, an unexpected. Uh, I, I guess maybe we should expect it at this point. Uh, what was St. John's favored by going to the game by – one point and then we end up losing by by eight or nine uh, i want to say right off the bat uh kudos to posh for coming back um good to see him back in the fold and i think the second that he stepped onto the court we went on a seven nothing run so awesome to see that and to see the spark plug that he is and that we all know he is um you know, we'll get into it later, but uh, obviously the Corbello ejection really hurt us coming down the line, but just incredibly frustrating. Would have loved to not be swept by a rookie coach in the in the Big East immediately in his first big step up into the Big East, and immediately we get, you know, taken down. That's true. Nep- Neptune as well first year, so we got swept by both newcomers in that regard. Maybe we'll sweep uh, Thad Mata to uh, help even things up a little bit. We sure- certainly aren't going to sweep Miller. But, um, yeah, that's not a great look. Two guys coming into the season, especially two teams you sh- you're going to be fighting for. They're hoping to get to that sixth spot, fifth spot in the Big East, and they've swept you, and you're only 12 games in the season to be you know behind the eight ball there and against two key opponents if you have any hope to work your way at the standings is is not a good look needless to say you can't be losing games on your home court by 12 points to seton hall for sure absolutely yeah yeah literally discussing um i mean obviously we'll get into it as we go through everything but um Mike Anderson, I, I thought, had a, a, a poor game I, I, in very typical fashion. I think uh, we always call it Groundhog's Day. You and I joke, but uh, the, the team got up early in the first half. We got to that 11, 12, 13, 14 point lead and then immediately pissed it away. And the team then, uh, we, we closed the half up three or four the way it usually goes. And However quick these runs happen for Seton Hall, and it was Seton Hall tonight, but we've seen it by, you know, a multitude of teams. These quick runs are just a, a sign of an undisciplined team. I mean, you've got to be able to gather yourself, regain your composure. I understand a team's going to go on a 5-0 run. That's just two possessions. But to let it stretch out for like a three-minute span where you give up a 12-2 run, a 9-1 run, et cetera, et cetera. And we saw both points tonight we had, decent sized leads in the first and second half and just in you know a snap of a finger they're gone you that and it goes to the coach and you know it goes to the point guard Curbelo is as erratic as ever I mean I would have loved to have him close that game out I think he gives us more in a in a possession by possession game late than Posh does and I love Posh and like you said it was great to see him back he is you know he epitomizes 
in St. John's uniform, in my opinion. I mean, he, he's all 100%. He only knows, only knows one speed that's full speed, but that's an issue when it becomes a slowdown game. And, you know, we've seen time and time again, we have not had success closing out games. And tonight, it, it was no different. I mean, he had a handful of turnovers. Um, and he didn't play a terrible game overall by any means. He had he did some good things, and it was great he was back out there. But we just had no no purpose, no identity, no general sense of what we were trying to accomplish when, when Seton Hall switched to that zone. And it wasn't a fucking crazy zone. We saw a standard, base, pretty much basic 2-3 for the last eight or so minutes, and St. John's was completely stifled. But again, can't a, a good coach stop that bleeding? A good coach can call a timeout and gather the troops. And hey, we had that eleven-point lead, and the coach can call a timeout when that drops down to six, and and call and draw something up, and like, hey, we need a basket now to stop that bleeding. And I, for whatever reason, Mike Anderson can't seem to do that. Doesn't understand that. Absolutely. And like you mentioned it during the game, and. It's it's mind boggling, and it, it, on one point, on one side, you got to give him credit. On the other side, you say, "What the fuck?" Because he drew up that play after the under four timeout. Drew up the play out of the timeout. We get it to Jones at the elbow, and what do you what do you know? An easy layup for two, and it's like, sure, you can point him in the right direction when you're talking to him once a game, but to let him uh, to give him direction on their own out on the court for the next stretch of game or stretch of minutes, it just doesn't seem like he's capable of doing that. And yeah, so I mean, that's on the players, but you know. In all honesty, you're the coach. You got to shepherd the program in the right direction. And then if it's an uh, over and over occurrence, then you know the finger's going to be pointed at you. And these are your players, after all. Yep. And I, I, I can't even point to any specific player or any specific play like from Seton Hall that like really was that played that well against us. It, it was more us and specifically the uh, the Corbello ejection I, I thought i was very disappointed I, I i felt that sort of that came off as a one of those refs taking over the game type situations I, it, it the t original t the double technical on carbella i didn't think makes sense uh that I, was soft the original I, I one that, that they both got was was really soft obviously you your when like you spike yeah. your your glasses you're probably going to get that second t so yeah but I, I thought that completely changed the comple- complexion of the game. And, and I think obviously the announcers also, also uh, said that exactly same thing, that we looked like a completely different team following that objection. I, I, I forget what the uh, the run was after that. I think at some point it was a 22 to five run. I don't know that that was immediately. Right. After. We, well, we had jumped, we jumped out to a, a five point lead immediately after. And then we, between you know a couple mishaps there and a couple of threes by Dawes, they got up by five or six points real quick. And shout out, you mentioned the announcers. I got to give a quick shout out to Steve Lapis, who I generally hate to find <laughs> crucial, incredibly annoying, but he was spot on tonight in a bunch yeah. of different stuff. So I, I, you know, I can go ahead and say it. And Andrew Catalan, his partner, you know, me and him, me and him go way back. I know Andrew, so uh, shout out to those guys and. And Lapis, I'm eating crow because I'm usually saying how bad you are. But tonight, the zone you mentioned, and all of a sudden, Seton Hall went to the zone, took us right out of our game. He was constantly talking about staggering Curbelo and Posh, and, you know, he was right there. So credit to those guys. Um, how about how many times did St. John's get beat on back doors tonight defensively? I mean, there was five or six times. I don't think that's an exaggeration where we just got 
caught up in shuffles and back doors for easy layups. Early and, in, the, in the first half, it had to be at least three times. At least in yeah, the first and, half. Like. And Seton Hall shot, I'm sorry for cutting off, Seton Hall shot 45% from three or thereabouts. So it wasn't like we were doing that. We have a job taking away their, you know, the perimeter shooting to to be that up to, you know, maybe have that as an excuse for getting beat back door. But still, either oh, way, that it's over and over. That John's would like defend the three pointer well. Like, uh, <laughs> no, no, you're right. You're right. Well. I'm not sure what I was doing expecting that. But I mean, yeah, and and you know, we should probably mention Soriano probably had his worst game of the season. Um, you know. Still had 10 rebounds, still is the guy they're paying a bunch of attention to, but he just never had it, never seemed to have control of the basketball tonight. A lot of his touches were either off offensive rebounds, which he's been great all year hounding down, or some you know pocket passes in traffic. He didn't really have any one-on-one -on -one post touches tonight. Credit to Seton Hall in, in some regard, but also St. John's has just got to make more of a focus. There's just still way too much standing around. But you know I'm gonna you know I'm gonna bring it up and it's not a gripe call, but can we get store moving around, setting screens, cutting to the basket? He's such a talented offensive player, should be causing so much attention, so much distraction for other guys on the court, and he just stands on the perimeter. And when he catches it, you see what happens. Guy had 15 points tonight on a bad offensive game. If he gets minutes and we start to use him more, I mean, the sky's the limit offensively. Don't get me started on the other stuff, though. Totally agree. And then – we just continue to see the offensive progression of AJ store, who I am just absolutely in love with. I, I can't speak how much I love what I'm seeing so far from that young man, at least offensively uh, his ability to shoot three pointer is just off the charts, which apparently wasn't supposed to be what we were excited about for some unknown reason coming into the season, according to the talking heads, which apparently had no nothing about, you know, there's, a, there's <laughs> some posts, there's some posts from, from me this summer. I don't, I don't know. saying the guy's a, a real good shooter. I, I had the right report on the scouting. You knew it before the they are, you know, <laughs> bloggers I'm knew it, kidding. but, uh, good job on you. Uh, it, it, it's just amazing his ability to get through the rim, his ability to shoot the three-pointer. Uh, if he can develop the rest of the aspects of his game, we saw it all last game, maybe a little bit less this game, but like the ability to create for others looked great last game. Um, if he can start to develop a little bit of more of a nose of the ball on the boards, uh, again, that was kind of lacking today. We saw it more yes. last game. If you could combine his skill and talent with Kobe King's nose for the ball, mm. we'd have an All-American. Mm. I mean, Kobe King's not anywhere near the player he is the rest of the court, but he is tough in the paint. That kid goes after the rebounds and loose balls hard, as hard as anybody yeah. on the team. I mean, you could tell Mike Anderson why why he had a, an eye for him, I think, is because he's that type of kid. But um, Storr is just offensive talent is on a whole other level. Yep, Absolutely. Yeah, man. Yeah. I don't know. It's I'm I'm reaching for like positives tonight after just. Another... Well, let me pull up the box score for you and maybe that will, you know spark something because you're right. It's few and far between, but uh, I don't know if this will help. You can see there's not much green out there tonight, Cole. I got the look at these visuals. Points. Whoa, folks! Come on, like look at these positives that pass. The right only here. the only thing is you can't see our beautiful faces when I pull this up. That's the tough part. <laughs> but um. Yeah, I mean, store 15 points, three for six from three, but a tough night shooting overall, only four for 12. Soriano, two for eight. Jones, four for nine. So, you know, our three main cogs offensively, you know, who you think would be our best chances to score had off night shooting. We didn't offset that with a beautiful night from the free throw, free throw line. Not that that's a surprise by anyone, but 
I mean, look, you gave a 45% shooting to, to from three by Seton Hall, and they outshot you by 10% overall. I mean, mm-hmm. you're going to lose. It's, that's not a recipe for success right there. Yeah, just staring at this stuff, like I'm trying to think like off the top of my head how long Nyway was in there. I know I mentioned him before, being impressed with him with like limited minutes. Uh, I can't think of how long he was, but like eight points, four blocks. Like, I mean, that those yep. are solid, solid minutes. And, and obviously you're not going to pull Soriano for Nyway. And you're, not, you're probably not going to run the two big set. But yeah. I think you have to be happy with those like limited minutes that you're getting from him. Um Sure, that was probably his best game of the year. There's yep. one play in the first half, and you know, not I thought we might have been past the negatives, but I just got to bring this up. Posh, there was a play in the first half. We had like a three on two break, and Posh instead of pushing it forward, threw it back to NY, and then NY, you know, which we saw coming from ten feet away, offensive foul. Like, what are you doing as a point guard, giving it to your trailer when he's behind half court, not trailing for a three, not trailing for a dunk? You stop the fast break to give it to your 610 power forward center to lead the break and what do you think is going to happen there exactly what did I mean, he's just gonna barrel over somebody <laughs> yeah i know and geez you know and me and you were laughing the first play of the game of course was sue goes hard to the rim gets hit by three guys once on the way to the basket two guys at the rim no whistle and then seton hall goes to the rim i thought they were going to call foul and it was a late call by like three seconds it was the same exact play that uh, and uh what's his name um Nadefu is a tough dude, and he punked us tonight, man. He punked us, and he told us all about it. He got in everybody's head, and he got the last lap 100%. You know, I respect that guy a hell of a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. what he did at St. Peter's, and now he's doing the Big East. Can't shoot a lick, but he's a tough-ass player, and he knows how to play. We just don't have the smarts. Wusu trying to sell that flop at the end was embarrassing, and then he's calling for the review. You're yeah. calling for the review. You better be sure as hell that you got hit, and you got it. a sell job. I mean, or else everyone's going to be looking at it. And then, you know, you're just getting asked to be laughed at at that, that point. I mean, it's crazy. Although Lapis was trying to give him shit for trying to get that out-of-balance call reviewed, and it was much closer than he had thought. I, I'm going to lose a um, – I'm going to pop an eye sack at the next time Wusu doesn't close out with a high hand. And, you know, I can get on Wusu because I've been the leader of his fan club, and he pisses me off, but I, and I love the kid. He doesn't close out with a hand up over and over again. And there's some times where he seems like he's doing it like – you know, purposely leaving his hands by his sides to somehow maybe confuse the shooter or some shit for the life of me. And I'm not trying to exaggerate. There's times where it's like purposely no one even attempts to put the hand up. It's, it's mind boggling. I love Dylan just as much as you do. And you know that that he's getting killed on our, SJUBB hashtag constantly. And meanwhile, you and me, you and me, the only two like ringing the bell and telling uh, telling everybody how much we love him, but yet I I just I want to say that he is taking the ball hard to the rack every single time, and he is also the only person that catches the ball and then simultaneously does like thirteen pump fakes. Oh my and god! The ball and slows it down. So while how much I love him for everything that he does, uh, he also I was yelling simultaneously too. Move it, move sometimes it, kills it. our our momentum <laughs> offensively Dude, so much and i i mentioned that the last time i i had a podcast out of the game because he like there's some times where i'm yelling move it move it move it and he's just doing that thing you're talking about that stupid jab 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 tonight i think i heard the uh the fans start to like yell pass 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 and i could see where you know was, the frustration was bubbling up but 
there are times where we're just rushing to make a bad decision. So there, there is a sense of sometimes we're like, I'm with you. What the hell? Move it, move it, move it. Pass it, pass it, pass it. And then I'll see the next time up the court, Pinzone take a terrible shot off one dribble or Jones rushing to a turnover. I'm like, well, I wish it was Sue would have maybe just held on to it for five more seconds. <laughs> I, you know. Did you hear anything about Pizone tonight? What was his, what was his deal as far as the the injury? Nothing more than what they said in the broadcast was just that he was going to be out again with the the, the hurt ankle. But dude, that for guy. Him, yeah, I mean, obviously, like I, 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 I struggle with his effort defensively, especially you know off ball. I feel like sometimes he gets lost, and I love to see the kid continue to take the next step. I think offensively, he brings so much to the table for us, and especially for a team like you and I have talked about that is so challenged offensively. But, um, you know, it really sucks to see, like, you know, how hard it is for him to stay healthy uh, uh, again. And it's – you can't even just jokingly say, oh, it, you know, it's hard for him to stay healthy when this appears to be like a body injury opposed to whatever he had last year, which I, I think was more COVID-related. But it's, right. it's just a shame to see a kid struggle so much with, you know, different health issues or – and I, I wish nothing, nothing but the best for him. You know, obviously we want him to, you know, continue to crush it and and develop that next step defensively and, and be one of our leaders next year. But and it's like we don't know how healthy he's been in the off season. If he's getting nicked up like this in the games, has he had a stretch in the off season where he can really like build up his body and his, his mm-hmm. athleticism? He's a guy who has offensive skill, but he doesn't have the, the the most athleticism or the most strength. That stuff that can be improved upon. And if he if he doesn't have any opportunity to stay healthy that makes it that much more difficult to do that. I don't know how good he is. You know, it's just, it's a tough question to answer. I think a lot of fans fall in love with the offensive games he's had. You know, I've pointed out the defensive stuff. It's, it's been a problem, although I don't think it's unfixable. Like, you know, a lot of this stuff is stuff you can work on. Um, and he did improve a lot in his ability to rebound and be like his tenacity, I thought has been improved. So he's trying, it's an effort thing, but if you're only playing, four games in a row than missing one or two. It's just so hard to get in rhythm and then really like get a good stretch of play. These college seasons are 30 games as is. You could have a slump for half the year. I mean, if you're only playing every once in a while, it's like impossible to get a read. Uh, I do think we do tend to, you know, and it's obvious, it's typical of any fan base, uh, overrate, you know, his shooting a little bit because one, we're starved for shooting and two, (laughs) um, he's got a, a pretty decent looking release, a nice looking release. And, you know, he's had a few games, but the percentages don't, don't show a great shooter by any means. They show, you know, an average, if anything. I was going to, I was just going to ask like, what are his shooting numbers? Like I I can't read them off. I think he's under 33% from three. I mean, I can pull them up right now. I wouldn't be surprised me if, I, I, if it's more than that, I'd, I'd be surprised. But on a um, fucking St. John's team that can't shoot the fucking ball at all, like, hey, exactly. that's knocking the, not shooting the lights out. 34% from three, so a little bit better than 33. And, you know, that's not a bad number, 34, but it's not something that's, like, going to carry you past being a bad defender and not contributing in other ways. That's no, the only thing. Of course. Store at the, Especially the on a on a Mike Anderson team where he's prioritizing defense. Like I can understand why Mike sits him on the bench when you're shooting 34% from three. That's your main contribution right. to the offense and you are a liability on defense. I can right. understand at times why he finds himself on the bench. If we're suing him, system. yeah. If we're suing him are the same shooter or about the same shooter from three, you know, and, right. and maybe Pinzone has a, has a slight edge, but it's not like Wusu's been shooting pretty well from three lately. 
if that's close to even, it's then they're not close to even as players. You know what I mean? Musu brings so much more intangibles yeah. in every other aspect of the box score. Yeah. Like, yeah. And if, but if Wusu is, you know, not hitting his threes and reverts to turning it over more, and, is, and he's done a better job, I think, so far this year after he had a little stretch going back a few games, but lately better not turning the ball over. If, if he's not hitting shots and he's turning it over, then it's one thing. But if he is hitting those threes, I think it's he's rightfully, you know, heavily in the rotation, 25 minute guy. You know, you don't got you don't you don't got to convince me of, of getting him, you know, serious minutes. Great. Stanley seems to be, like you said last time, just that token start tonight. I don't think he played bad, but he doesn't seem to remember to go back to him. It's like and and White was playing good, but still with Jones not at like, you know, Jones sporadic at best if anything you know had a couple decent stretches that one three in the second half after that steal he had he just quick trigger we were down like five at that point it was another mind-boggling one up until that point he had took pretty decent shots i thought but still just doesn't seem in the game you know not making a difference for long stretches if he's not scoring i know you i know you're a stanley guy um and that I, I think he can be a high energy person, especially off the bench. Um, I just looking at my history, like I'm just always the guy who finds one young player who just sits there and screams to like get that guy off the court. Like I would like yell about Phil Green for like the first three years of his career, like get him off the court. Like, come on. And God bless him. And then he proves me wrong in his fourth year. And I am sure Omar Stanley will be that same player that just tells me like, Cole, shut the fuck up. You don't know what you're talking about. So you're yelling to get Omar off the court. Okay. I used to yell. I used to, I used to yell at Phil Green when he was a freshman, sophomore, when, uh, you know, he was playing point for 35 minutes a game and having like two assists. I mean, he never turned it over, but he never did anything to, to put himself in a position to turn over, which is good. But you know, if you got no playmakers, you're just stuck. Passing around the perimeter. That's Some not Rusu's issue or Posh's issue or Curbelo's issue by any means. They will turn it over quite a, quite a, quite enough for everybody. I'm not sure if um, you saw the the stat that, I, and I don't know where it came from, but uh, Dave tweeted it today. Was talking about an shout out to Dave about the yeah, shout out to Dave uh, analytics stat from someone about the top whatever it was 50 analytic lineups, and that St. John's fell into that top 50 analytic lineups. Oh. For, for groups that had played whatever 50 over 50 minutes together. And one of those lineups was Posh, Curbelo, Dylan, uh, DJ, and Soriano. Soriano. And, and yeah. I, I think that's one of the things where it's like, okay, I understand it's great to whatever we're doing with throwing Soriano or with throwing Omar out there in the power forward role. But if we are, from an analytic perspective, saying that DJ is better in that starting role at the power forward, then I would prefer to have him in there every single day. And it, it also, I know you and I have spoken multiple times about this, and he has sort of come on in the last few few days, but uh, I feel like Jones has looked um, way better over the course of the season in the starting lineup, then coming off the bench, I, I feel like he has struggled significantly since been putting in the bench role. And if analytics are telling us that that's the best lineup, I would probably prefer to go with that as the starting lineup opposed to having Omar Stanley in there for some unknown reason, and then just have him play four minutes and never play again for the rest of the game. So, yeah, well, it'll be interesting because Curbelo uh, was back in the starting lineup tonight, and if you bring Jones back, it's like you're back to square one. So it's almost like coach saying, like, well, you know, what I thought would work didn't really work. 
but that's what a coach has got to do, right? You got to be willing to lay on your own sword and, you know, accept the, you know, the failure to make the fix, you know, if it's, I tried if to you, you assholes for a little bit, ultimately <laughs> proved to be the best people for the job. So you do make a good point that it, it hasn't really worked overall. The bench move for him, you know, you, you, you'd hope that it would improve his play in shorter spurts. He has played by these last two games, but overall he hasn't been as good off the bench as he was as a starter. Not that he was great those last few games as a starter, but earlier in the year, hope to get him back to at least that form. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I, I, if you're going to start Stanley, have him be a piece that you're going to go back to, right. you know, or, you know, have your best lineup in there. That's what I'd say. Not that I've ever understood like, oh, this is my starting lineup. And then they're the same people that I run out there at the beginning of the second half. I've never really understood any like coaching strategy as to why coaches do that, which seems to be just like a thing that has happened over the last whatever 15 years or so, but yeah. it seems to have not been the thing with Omar Stanley. It's just like, he starts at the beginning of the game and then whoever comes off the bench and proves yeah. to be like, no, a, it really a does. Piece, Omar Stanley gets thrown to the curb in the second half since he's been starting, which, you know, whether that's the right move or not the right move, it's just like, well, then why is it even the right move to start him in the first place? Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see about Omar. Uh, hopefully you don't, you know, Blow, blow out your tonsils yelling about Omar Stanley starting. I'll, I'll continue to blow out my tonsils. God bless. <laughs> blow out my tonsils, and then he will prove my ass wrong. In, <laughs> as long as you'll admit it. As long as you'll admit it, Cole. But we got Xavier on the road. That's a loss, right? I mean, you can almost pencil that one in. And then we got Butler on the road, and that's another scary one because that's one you should be a team that struggled more than St. John's. Dude, I'm just I'm going to stop you. I'm going to stop you immediately and I will say with St. John's the way you know it is that nothing is ever guaranteed. I will not oh, yeah. I will yeah. not guarantee that we will lose to Xavier. I will not guarantee that we win against Butler. I I, I would if anything I would almost guess a flip. I would almost guess that we come out hot against Xavier. Hey, we beat Xavier and Xavier last year. We get our asses smoked against. We beat Butler and Butler last year too. Yeah, I didn't mean it, you know, seriously. It was Maybe I maybe I kind of meant it seriously. I, I wouldn't I wouldn't uh, put a lot of money on St. John's winning. I'll have to see what that money line looks like. Maybe I will uh, tempt myself with a high high money line uh, number, but who knows? Um, but anyway, Cole, I appreciate you coming on here tonight. I know it's late. I know us work from home folks get to sleep in, so it's not that big of a deal. Thank God, I'm using my one work from home day uh, tomorrow. So uh, St. John's stayed up for this bullshit thank you very much but cole thanks for joining me um i don't know if you're on twitter now i see that handle or i don't know if people can find cole you should oh, that's find the instagram cole. handle man don't don't that's try to find handle. Twitter. Okay. i'm not gonna be yeah. fighting any folks on the same time <laughs> yeah cole knows better than getting one yeah. but um cole thanks a lot man appreciate your insight appreciate you uh coming on here and sharing your thoughts as always dude you're welcome anytime all right brother thanks so much for everything man you're the best keep up the you gotta do you want to pick a player to shout out today Oh, the players. Wait, shout you know out. what? How about this? You think of one for the next time? I think we got to go to this one. Uh, no, for shout Phil, out to for Phil Green. For Phil Green. This has been the Red Star Rap Reactive Podcast. Shout out to Phil Green, man. You <laughs> proved me wrong. Good job, buddy. I'm Pat Caden. That's Cole. Thanks, everybody. Peace. Thanks, bud.